Welcome to the Handyman Academy podcast with your hosts, Jeremy and Kate. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jeremy and Kate is again not with us. As I said in the last episode, she will be rejoining us after this episode. So this is actually our first time, my time, my first time, I guess, on the new podcast setup. We have some new professional microphones and some mixers and all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, I hope that this audio is really good. I hope it's a lot cleaner for you. So we are going to go ahead and get into the talk. And now you always have to preface this by it is the talk. Nobody likes contracts. Nobody wants to write contracts. Nobody wants to discuss contracts. And least of all, nobody wants to read contracts. So if this is not your foray, this is not something you want to do, I highly recommend you go talk to your lawyer. They have people that do this all day long, every day. They will be happy to write you a comprehensive contract that is so much better than what the average handyman has. But if you are like me, you are pretty well written. I'm not well spoken. I'm well written. I can fake it like the best. Um, I like to write my own contract. And, you know, really, it's just a set of guidelines that your client gets to know up front. It's on your estimates. It's on your invoices. They know when they are getting in bed with you what your structure is. And so it doesn't have to be super fancy, but it does have to go over a good 10 things. And that's not just, I mean, it is a random number. So you're going to add and take away and change things to this contract over the years of you doing business because you're going to experience different things. Uh, I did not have anything about rental real estate until recently. And we're going to get into that. So first item on this, well, hold on. I'm going to go back just a, just a, just a, just a little bit. Okay. So most CRMs like Marquette or Joist or whatever have it where you can put in a terms of service that a client has to sign when you submit your estimates. And so this is where this contract is. If you had a huge, awesome legal document that had been created by a lawyer, you can go ahead and attach those separately. However, we're going to go just straight into what I attach straight to my estimates. So first line item, deposits. Okay. So when you are talking about deposits, it is almost always to get on your schedule and to start the project. It changes by state how much you can uh, request in a deposit. And also handyman and general contractors, they, they all have different rules. So always make sure that you're finding the rule that is appropriate to you. I am just a handyman. And so my deposits, I believe, in Ohio are limited to, I believe, 50%. I don't go anywhere near that. People get sketched out when you're doing 
big deposits like that unless it is like a general contractor with years of experience and you know reviews and stuff so for deposits i request a 10 percent scheduling deposit okay this is non-refundable anytime regardless of if it is a 300 dollars job or a thirty thousand dollar job i always get my 10 percent deposit okay now i mentioned this before my rental real estate deposits are also listed and it is 25 percent just because i've had really kind of scummy landlords hey if you're listening to this and you're a good landlord and you know how to keep your properties good (laughs) hit me up okay (laughs) emails in the description so that's that's a big difference right 10 percent to 25 percent that is a big difference well that is something that i learned over the years that i really need to to separate out because somebody might not be worried about losing 30 bucks but if they're losing a hundred dollars and it's a little different that, that makes them follow through a bit more next we have material deposits so for me personally, any materials under $1,000, I typically don't get a deposit for. However, in my contract, any materials over $1,000, I need the entire material amount as a deposit so that I can go and order everything necessary and I'm not uh, messing up my uh, the, the flow of my finances for my business because I'm paying contractors and I'm, you know, subbing this out, subbing that out, and I'm, you know, making sure that everything is paid. Well, a thousand dollars is a thousand dollars, but if if the materials is like forty seven dollars, okay, I can float forty seven dollars. Now, for for people who are earlier in business, I've been doing this almost four years now. Uh, you're gonna have less money as your reserves and so you're going to want to make this a little different as you go along maybe your material deposits start at a hundred dollars you know anything more than a hundred dollars you're going to need that upfront. maybe a year in oh anything more than you know five hundred dollars you know and then as you just kind of build out your your margins and you have everything kind of figured out you, you say okay well i can I can swing a thousand dollars, but if it's, you know, 1500 bucks or, uh, like my last project that I just finished, the materials were $5,000. Okay. I needed that $5,000 up front from the client. I'm not, I'm not floating $5,000. So we're going to move on to whether or not the deposits are refundable. So for me specifically, material deposits are never refundable if I've bought the materials. If I have not bought the materials, I am more than happy to give you back your material deposit. I will cut you a check, I will mail it out to you, and we're all happy. However, for scheduling deposits, that 10 or 25%, those are non-refundable. If you cancel our scheduled appointment between accepting the estimate and the appointment, you lose your deposit. Now, that sounds a little harsh, but here's what I do. I also provide in the contract that if you cancel for any reason, you have a 
30-day buffer to get back on the schedule. So if they're at day 29 and they contact me and they say, hey, you know, next Tuesday I can have, you know, this project done, I say, great. I get them back on the schedule. I do not require another deposit. But if on day 31, they say, hey, we can finally do this on Tuesday, I'm going to say, hey, I'm sorry. The, the contract stated you had 30 days. It's been over 30 days. We will need a new deposit. Now, extenu- extenuating circumstances, uh, I'm more than willing to work with people who have had extenuating circumstances. Recently, I think it was just uh, earlier this year, had somebody who, you know, their, their dog got a really bad infection and they, they had to bring him to the vet. And that's a big unexpected expense. And I totally understood that that took precedence over, you know, changing out cabinet hardware. So I you know, took them off the uh, schedule. They knew they had 30 days. It ended up being something like 36 days uh, before they were like, hey, you know, we can actually do this. And, you know, I, I, I was able to work with them and didn't charge them another deposit. It wasn't it wasn't necessary. But that's that's one of those situations where you're the business owner and you can help people. Whereas if you're a big business and everything is written in stone, you have just what is written in stone. You can't change it because if you change it for one person, you change it for everybody. Right. Walmart can't change their rules because one person had a bad day. So we're going to move on to payment structure. So once you have this deposit, well, how often do you get paid? So for like one day jobs or you know, even up to one week jobs, I just have it due on completion. So the, the remaining 90% or whatever is due on completion. But what about these multi-week projects? You have your month-long you know, kitchen remodel or, you know, a, a big old basement remodel, okay, well, you're not doing that in a week, okay? So if you say, okay, this project's gonna take me four weeks, I would take that 90% that is left over after the deposit, and I would break that into four payments, four equal payments. And then I would say in my contract, what day and what time those are due by. So for example, if I don't have the deposit or the, the next payment by Monday at 10 a.m., my contractors aren't showing up. My, my, my guys don't get paid, so why should they go? So that is something that you really need to have laid out. And this is definitely up to tweaking and changing as you need it. But I would never go more than a week without payment. So we move on to cancellations. Now, we, we already mentioned, you know, canceling appointments prior to starting, but what happens when somebody cancels after you've started? So you've gotten your deposit, you got your 10%, they paid for the materials, you bought the materials, you showed up on the job, and you're, you know, three days in to remodeling this basement when they say, hey, we don't like your work, we, we need you to leave. Or, hey, 
we've had, you know, some, some financial difficulties. We can't continue this project right now. Well, how do you handle that? Okay, well, those are two very different circumstances. So first of all, if they don't like your work, there, there's nothing really that you can do to change that unless, of course, you've been kind of going through the motions. If you can pick up your pride and work on this and say, hey, you know, just give me another day, I'll fix this, then if they let you, do it. You know, get, get that day of work and work hard and fix it and then see if they're pleased with the with the results. Always, 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 we are trying to make a happy customer. Money is secondary. Money is secondary. But the people, the connections, and the real life um, customers, those are your number one situation. That, that's who you are doing this for. So whatever you have to do to make it right, you make it right. But this isn't about <laughs> this isn't about that. So so let's go into it. cancellations. If they're not happy with it and you can't make them happy, so say your 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 you know extra day or whatever doesn't make them happy, and they're just like, no, you know what? I need you to leave. We're canceling this project. Like we have to find somebody else. How do you handle that? in your contract. So for me, my my deposits are already set up to be non-refundable. You know, so if nothing, I have a little bit of money paid to me for what I've already done. I would have it in the contract though, if you cancel, you have a specific percentage of the remaining job that needs to be paid out. And so if you're, say, five days in to a four-week project, then you want to make sure you're getting your one quarter of the final payment. And this is all required to be in your contract. So what do you do then if you're in your second week, you've gotten your next quarter, and now, now they're canceling? And they're saying, oh... Your work isn't worth it. You know, we paid you and you didn't do the work as promised. Um, We want a refund. Oh, well, what do you do? If it's $6,000 and you haven't got it anymore, you you spent it on, you know, payroll and overhead and what have you. Your truck broke down. That payment was in the books. You know, like you didn't think you'd have to worry about it. So what does your contract say about your refund? Personally, I actually don't have anything in there about refunds. And this is something that I have to figure out for myself. I've never had a client request a refund. And this, now that I'm having this conversation with you, I have to say, okay, what do I do? So probably what I would do is I would put in my contract that, you know, we are willing to refund up to a certain percentage, you know, based on how far we got in the project and what is due. So really, whatever you're going to end up doing with your refunds, 
just make sure you get it in there. I haven't had to use it for four years, so I never thought to put it in there. But you can be better than me this time, okay? <laughs> you you can do this better than me. We, we, we don't need to follow my exact footsteps. All right, so we're going to move on to warranties. This is actually becoming a really long episode. I kind of like it. But uh, let me know if you like it. If you get this far into it, I'll be looking for your comments. Uh, we'll go on to warranties. Okay, so what happens if one week after you leave that uh, cabinet hardware, you know, fails and now their, their cabinet door is hanging off the hinge? What happens one month later when the copper that you soldered for their hot water tank starts leaking? What happens two months later? What happens three months later? What is going to be the range of your warranty? For us, we have a 30-day warranty. And that is for our labor and what we installed. If that hot water tank fails 29 days in, we replace that because that is our honor. That is at question. That cabinet door falls off 14 days in, we fix it. If it got damaged when it fell, we repair it, all at our cost. Now, here's to say, maybe you have a two-stage warranty. Maybe up to 30 days, you fix it, you know, completely at your word. You know, there's no money exchange, you fix it. Maybe... 31 days to 60 days, and now we're getting into a longer term, that that makes people happy. Maybe at that point, you say, okay, if it fails, I will replace it at 75% the cost, or, or 60% the cost. It's still a little cheaper for them, and it gets you back in their door. And what that means is, over the course of the last 47 days, you know, maybe their ceiling fan has uh, developed a tick, and every time it does its full rotation, tick, tick, tick. And so they, they're they like, you know, since you're here, can you check this out for us? And of course, you're going to say yes. And you'll, you'll give them a price, and you'll fix it, and you're happy because, yes, you made some money, and then you made some more money, and you have a happy client. I have not looked this next one up for all of the states, and I, I highly recommend you talk to your lawyer, you look it up yourself, however you need to do it, but Ohio, where I reside, has a statute called Hold Harmless, and basically it just says that if something were to happen after we have done our project, we are not liable for what has occurred. So I would really, really highly suggest you look up your hold harmless laws for your state and really go and talk to your lawyer, honestly. If any of this has gone over your head and you really aren't sure how to put this into writing, go to your lawyer. It's gonna cost you a little bit of money, but having it done and having it done right and having all the other random mumbo jumbo included is going to save you 
thousands of dollars if one bad customer comes after you. So where do we go from here? Well, I will say that uh, next episode is going to be on CRMs such as Marquette and Joist. There's about two dozen others. We're going to go over the uh, biggest ones and what you need to know when you are choosing them. And like always, please uh, like, subscribe, comment, however your platform allows you to rate us. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. And you know, really, if you're enjoying this content, go and check out our YouTube channel under the same name, Handyman Academy. We have awesome how-to videos. That's another spot where you can consume these podcast episodes. And really, just keep being awesome. <laughs> I appreciate you guys for joining us on this uh, podcast journey. I, I, I hope that this is, is exactly what you need and how however you need it. So, anyways, that's it. That's all I got. Bye for now. <laughs>